All right, everybody, what is going on? Monday Night Football is in the books. The Cowboys, I actually thought it was going to be bigger blowout. I expected Daniel Jones to be Daniel Jones, and he was pretty strong. He was actually better than I had seen him. Cowboys, though, their offense, not bad. Cooper Rush, remember we talked about the only game that was in question in the evening coming into it was Steve against Matt's team, and it looked like, for sure, I did not think uh, – Cooper Rush would be not that he was going to be bad, but he was not going to get enough points. And as it stands now, unless there's an autocorrect, which we've seen, if it's a one-point swing, Steve's going to win. If Matt loses a point, Matt's team loses a point. If Steve gains a point, it is 142 to 141 in favor of Matt. So close. He came so close, C.D. Lamb, to getting that five-point bonus for Steve, which I thought he was going to get when he had that amazing one-handed touchdown, made up for that big drop earlier, but uh, man, yeah, it was, it was, it, that was the only drama for right there. And, uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the game. I know Austin enjoyed the game as a Cowboys fan. And will there be a quarterback controversy? I doubt it very, Jerry Jones, if you heard that, go look it up the interview where he just wants to stir up something. He just loves to talk about it. He said he could see, Hey, you know, Cooper Rush wins a couple games. We might ourselves see ourselves a, a quarterback controversy. That's my uh, hillbilly talk as he thinks that, hey, isn't that a great thing? Isn't that a great? No, a locker divided is not a great thing. Go ask T.O. and Donovan McNabb. So I don't agree with that. That just means, yes, I get his point. He did say, hey, that means that we're winning, so you won some games. But overall, no, you do not want a quarterback controversy. But overall, a really good game between uh, Matt's team and Steve. If Steve's team somehow does pull out the win, that would be gigantic to start out 2-1 and one in division play. Just in the mere fact is I didn't give Steve's team very much credit. And I think had, I mean, look at that. If Jimmy G had played better, right? If, I mean, who would have thought that if you put in Baker Mayfield over Jimmy G, that Steve would have won the game, right? Baker Mayfield. But that's just the way it works out sometimes. So Matt's team as of now will be 3-0. As we can go through the divisions finally since it's all done. Christian at 3-0 as expected. Mario with a big win. NFL 2K23, it's still, I'm not forfeiting yet. It's still anyone's division. But, but looking at the rosters, I really like all three of them. I think Mario uh, has good depth, right? He might have the best depth of anyone in the division. Dino has some real huge playmakers where he can win week in and week out. And Christian's team just happens to be playing the best right now as he leads the division with 565 points. I'm the only team to not break the 500 barrier in that division. So it's looking good for Christian. While Dino falls to one and two, only two games back, and he's still, at least he's in the 500-point club. Tecmo Bowl 23, Matt's team 553. Let's go through it. Who is 565? Is he the top-scoring team? Yeah, look at that. Matt's roster. I mean, or Christian, I apologize. Christian's roster is the top-scoring roster. Now, a big chunk of it was Jamar Chase had a huge week one. Mark Andrews has been Mr. Consistent. Christian Kirk has been Mr. Consistent. Tua had that gigantic 50-point game. So we'll see if that continues to hold up. But as of right now, yeah. That, I mean, you wouldn't – if I'm – Christian, who wouldn't want to be in his shoes, his situation right now with his roster? So he is 3-0, number one scoring team in the league. Tech Mobile 23. Matt's team is 3-0 at the moment. That could change. 
and very easily Steve could jump up to be two and one tie with Matt. Actually, he would jump ahead of him because he would have the division heads up victory. So one point separates Steve from being in sole place of first place. Elijah picked up his first win. So we talked about yesterday's podcast. Everyone in that division, we have three, we have six, seven, one and two teams. I can't remember the last time we've had that. Now, it could have been three years ago. I remember a lot of things when it comes to our league. I have a great memory when it comes to a lot of personal things um, with stats and numbers. I remember big situations where people, you know, um, pull out last second victories because of a player did this or did that. So I've, I could still tell you right now that I played Brian on a Monday night football game when it was the St. Louis Rams. And all I had was Zach Stacy, right? If Brian listens to our podcast, I remember if he remembers this and he had, I want to say, uh, I know he had Russell Wilson and I think it was Tyler Lockett. He had not maybe Doug Baldwin. It was one of the receivers, but in the end, it was 100%. He should have won that game. He should have beat. Maybe it was Marshawn Lynch. He had two key guys. He had Russell Wilson 100% and either Marshawn Lynch or Doug, Bald, um, Doug Baldwin, Tyler Lockett, one of those. But it was Seattle traveling to St. Louis Rams. All I had was Zach Stacy, and I had like a 10-point lead. And Zach Stacy dropped like a 20-point game with a touchdown. Russell, the Seahawks did nothing. The Rams shut them down. So I remember games like that, how – I thought 100% I was going to lose. I'm like, there's no way Zach Stacy is going to score enough to keep a 10-point lead over Russell Wilson on a Monday night football game. So, yes, I remember those. So the whole point of what I was just bringing up was the fact that things like that always stick out. I can't remember every single stat, but I cannot off the top of my head. The fact that it's so big, I would think I would have remembered if it was two or three or four. Of course, we always have 0-2 teams, 0-3 teams. You know, you last year we had, I think, uh, two – 0-3, if not more, maybe it could have been all three 0-3 teams, multiple. This year, we just got one, my team. So that's a good thing. I do like that for the league because one of my all-time favorite seasons was the year where we had eight teams at 4-4, four and four. right? You had, uh, what is that, 75% of the league still in playoff contention, and we are over halfway through the season. So I always love when it starts out like this. But – We'll see right now when, as we go to the uh, next week's games, let me click on it. Yeah, you have Austin 1-2, and two, my team 0-3, right? So Austin could be 500, or I'm looking at my first win. There's a lot of, and I like week three, week four, week five, where it's a lot of teams where it's kind of like separating the crap from the cream. You know, the good guys stepping up. Steve will take on Christian, right? We saw Steve just barely lose. Will Christian's team... You know, crap the bed. Will Tua have a bad Thursday night football game? Whatever it is, could happen. While Steve's team, you know, Cordell or Patterson has another great game, and now Steve goes to two and two, and Christian drops to three and one. It's like it, it has a chance to level out the playing field. One of the games I really am excited for as we go through this, looking at the list, is, oh man, I, I mean, Obviously, forever, we will always wish Matt had never passed away. Uh, so that, But I really wish Matt was at least able to talk right now with Dino Dan as they get ready. This is going to be a great matchup, right? Dino beat Matt, right? Matt beat Dino to start the year. Then Dino beat Matt to win the division. Then Matt beat Dino in the playoffs. So now Dino owes Matt his first loss of the season unless autocorrect fixes that. But this is a big chance for Dino to get to 2-2. Two and two right? Cooper Cup, maybe have a gigantic game on Monday Night Football. 
and help lead or Debo Samuel, who I think Matt has, yeah, would can help uh, propel Matt to a four, team of 4-0, something he could not do last year and a 4-0 start. Might even be, I don't think he's ever done a 4-0 start. Elijah against Eric, both 1-2, and two, Elijah coming off a victory. If you look at the points right now, it's weird. It says Eric is 42% chance to win. But if you look at the score projection, because maybe it's late at night, so it's kind of wacky, it has Eric 167, Elijah 164. Therefore, Eric should be favored at winning this, and it doesn't have it that way. But the trade, let's get to that trade. All right. Right off the bat, as you look at it just from a owner, think of it from Eric's perspective. We'll get to Austin's in a second. Eric's looking at it going, hey, Kyler Murray, this might be all he is. He Last year, remember, he had like a 40, a 50. Elijah had him and Josh Allen combining for like 95 to 100 points. Is that going to happen? Kyler, of course, he could get that going. Remember, he's going to get DeAndre Hopkins back. He's going to get Rondell Moore back. He has not had his top weapons. Okay? Take off Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and it's as crazy as that sounds, especially Zay Jones. Take those guys off. And Trevor Lawrence is exactly where he was last year. Not great offensive numbers. So just because – and Trevor Lawrence is right up there with the – Skill-wise, the the hype for Kyler Murray had. Heck, even more so. Trevor Lawrence, people couldn't wait for him to come out of college, right? He had everything from Andrew Luck to Peyton Manning, all the hype. And he needs weapons. So Kyler Murray is getting by with 20, 30-point games. I mean, he had a pretty solid game. 30 points against the Raiders, 21. That's not what Eric drafted him for. Eric did not draft him in the first round to get 21 points per game. So his perspective, Eric's going, hey, I got this guy I can keep, right? He's a free agent, so that's going to automatically draw a bigger draft pick because you're going to be able to keep him next year. So Eric's thinking first round, second round, whatever. I can grab a pick, maybe get another quarterback who might put up similar numbers, not every week, but week in and week out. So I'm kind of hedging my, or um, covering myself to have a little extra ammunition for next year. 100% understand his perspective. I talk with Eric. I know what he's. I don't know what he was going through here. I haven't talked to him before the trade since this weekend, um, but I'm still a bit shocked. Um, I will say, not from a his perspective, not from a GM's perspective, but from the commissioner's point of view. As we talked about with Eric's team, as we broke it down right in our first podcast of the season. Let me tell you, David Montgomery got injured. He will be back. It's not as serious as we think. Right. I think he has a hundred yard game. I think he goes for 20 plus if he's not out. Antonio Gibson. So he's got Montgomery and Gibson. Gibson, will he continue to be the man once Robinson comes back from his butt shot wound? I think he's Gibson still has the talent. So I don't think he's going to disappear. He's got Damian Harris, right? Cook got hurt. So he's got Alexander Matt. He's got running backs that are good that I feel comfortable starting week in and week out, especially Montgomery. I like Montgomery more than Gibson personally. I've never been a huge Gibson guy other than this first year in any dynasty team. I had him. I've spoken about how I traded him that offseason because I felt he is a weak defense. I will feast on you. And then any other week, they can, they game plan, they take him out. Like he, he has 40-point games and then a couple seven- and eight-point games. In the end, it bounces out, and he is. A wide That's great still, right? You could still take that. That's better than having – you know, some of these running backs who go out there and get you 9, 12, 14 points a game, and you're like, okay, that's not bad, but I'd much rather have those 40-point 
games where they can win you a week. So Gibson, Montgomery, when we go through his receivers, T. Higgins, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, I've mentioned before. Now, he did not trade any of them. All three of them, right, are gone at the end of this season, okay? They are all free agents. So Eric is going, okay, they're all gone. I need to get some draft capital so I can reload. I get that. I understand that. He just came off winning the commissioner's trophy. He just came off winning the Solomon trophy. So he's got some hardware this last season. He doesn't have to prove anything. But for me, I'm thinking I want that Matt Rotherham Memorial Trophy, the second inaugural season with it. I want to get it, right? Only one person. I know a champion is a champion. So, you know, Nick's won two championships. Nick's the first one to win that. Eric can be the second one to ever win it. I'm going all in now. I'm not thinking of a second round pick. This is just me, right? Everyone, this is why everyone does their own thing. I was a bit shocked that he traded Murray. Uh, Maybe he's seen the writing on the wall going, hey, you know what? I don't want to wait until week eight or seven or whatever it is when DeAndre Hopkins comes back. Rondell Moore might come back in two weeks. So that's going to be a lot of weapons. Expect Kyler Murray when they're all back by week eight when they're playing and everyone's there. Expect Kyler Murray to be dropping 28 to 40 points per game, right, in most situations, unless they dominate and then they kind of just hand off a lot the second half. I expect – I think Austin's going to get his value. He traded Matt Ryan, who is a – right, big, big – might have a 20. I think he's good for 20. You're not going to see Matt Ryan very often, right, because when he was with the Falcons, I enjoyed that more because the Falcons were losing. Their defense was not great, not bad right in the middle. Sometimes they would have bad weeks, and you knew Matt Ryan had to, right, against Tampa Bay. He might throw three picks, but he's going to throw for 350 and maybe a couple touchdowns. He's going to go out and have you a 32-point game, and then he might get you 18 the next week. Then he gets you a 29-point in Atlanta, in Indianapolis, where it is a run first, and they are in a situation to where he does not have to do that as much. They are a much better defense, especially when Leonard comes back. Matt Ryan's not going to have to be the 35-point game. Could he have those? Of course he can, right? He's still Matt Ryan. He's still a good quarterback when Pittman's there, when they have weapons. Take away the receivers, just like we talked about with Kyler Murray. He's not going to do as well. He was awful in Jacksonville, but so was Wentz last year. I don't know what, uh, you know, so Jacksonville's just on fire and they're playing well from last season on. Now it looks like they're the real deal. So from my point as the commissioner, I would have preferred, if I was Eric, I would have just said, you know what, screw it. I'm not going to think next year. I know I'll worry about next year, next year, right? Maybe maybe even make a trade with a team in, in, in a month. Maybe he's doing that now. Maybe he's, since he's got two second-round picks, right, that he can say, hey, I could take both those, still have a first-round pick, and I can acquire a guy that I can also keep, a top-notch player, a top-notch running back, whatever it is, and and still make a major move this year. So. There's so many things he can do. I don't know what he's thinking down the line, but I think that when you lose, when you're going to lose basically everyone, Montgomery, Jefferson, Hill, I think Pitts as well. Yeah, Pitts, and Pitts will get it going, right? I mean, it's early. He had a 13-point, almost a 20-point game if he had just a little bit more yards, uh, 13 more yards. Pitts, Higgins, I think even Aaron Rodgers, yeah, he's going to have all his contracts freed up so he can keep guys. He should. That's when you go, hey, I should be trading for guys like Kyler Murray who are open free agents once the season's halfway through and we see who's kind of fallen away. 
Because if you start getting rid of Kyler Murray, you get rid of Damian Harris, you get rid of Noah Brown, anybody like that, you start getting rid of these guys, you're going to find it to where you're not going to have the depth. And I really, really think Eric's team come December is going to be a legit weapon. Maybe Matt Ryan in the Dome will be better, but Tyler Murray is as well. I just don't know how this will turn out. We'll see. I'm excited to see how this turns out, what moves Eric makes, or does he sit, play it safe and say, you know what, I got my picks. I might even trade, you know, if he loses, let's say he gets to three and four, and he's like, you know what, I don't feel it this year. And then you could see him trade Higgins or trade Pitts or Hill and make and, and say, I'll start over next year, right, with 10 empty contracts, redraft. Totally cool. Everyone does their own thing. And like I said, he just came off two trophies, so he might be thinking that. But to me, my perspective, if it was my team, Kyler Murray would still be there, and I might be waiting till about half point of the season. And I still think Eric's team's making wild card. He doesn't have to win the division. He doesn't need to get that by week. When you have three of the best receivers in football, you don't need any of that. You just need to get in. His team, his roster is a get me in and watch, watch out, get the hell out of my way. That's what Eric's team is to me. And I think Kyler Murray on it was 10 times better late in the season. We'll come back and see if he had Kyler would he have made that huge playoff run, right? Or, you know, and then Matt Ryan, he, Matt Ryan has a 12-point game. Kyler has a 40. Eric loses by seven. We might say, hey, Eric, this should be your trophy this year. Or it might not be. We have no clue. That's what's exciting. I like these storylines. I love trades in our league when they don't involve me because then I get to talk about them more, and it's exciting to see him. He, it, it is a safe play. It is a safe play because Matt Ryan, what it, didn't he just have a 20-point game, 16-point game? He had 23 week one. You know, he's got he's got a, a pretty decent defense in his division. He gets to play Jacksonville again in two weeks. Tennessee, two out of the next four weeks. Washington will be a good one. At New England will be tough. Vegas, at home against Philly. So there's some good games and some really tough defensive matchups there. So we don't know what he's got in line, uh, but I do like it. Now, from Austin's perspective, I absolutely love it in the mere fact that, one, he can keep him next year, and he didn't have to give up a first-round pick. Did give up Matt Ryan. Austin's team right now is has lost two in a row. They are one, two, three, four, five. He is one of five teams to not break 500 points yet. He is not. He's 429. So I think the only person below him is Brian at 402, Steve at 428, Myself at 460. So I'm actually, and then Eric at 498. Eric's right on the cusp. So Austin is one of the lower of the 400s, but at least he's got a victory and he's got a very tough division. But from this point out, right until the last three weeks of the season, he doesn't have to face anyone. We, I talked about how great this division was and how I really think four teams for the first time ever, we've had three, we've never had four teams from one division make playoffs. And with this move, I still think Eric's a playoff team. I still think Nick is a playoff team. And I 100% think Jacob's a playoff team. Jacob is a bi-week contending team. Uh, but with Austin's move, I think now he can make that playoff push, right? He can go out right now and what does he got? Uh, let me see. He's got eight games out of division. He's going to play eight games right now. He can win all eight and be looking at nine and two. Nine and two, right? We saw him last year do that when his quest for 13. Now he can't do it now with the two losses, but his quest for 13, he started out two and one in division play, was 
won a really cheap game in the first two weeks, really low-scoring cheap game, and then took off. And and his off it wasn't a bunch of low scoring. Each week it got better and better. Remember we talked about Christian's team that was five and one. This year he's three and zero, and he looks legit and scary, just like Jacob, and uh, just like Matt's team roster. But last year we said Christian was a pretender, right? He wasn't scoring big. He had two weeks where he broke like one eighty, one ninety, but never broke two hundred. And at the second half of the year you saw him. He faded. I think he finished with six wins. You know, maybe seven. Just a couple more the rest of the year. But he finished with a losing record, seven and eight, I believe, or uh, six and nine. Yeah, that would be typical Christian, right? Finish six and nine. <laughs> Immature child. <laughs> so with this move for Austin, doesn't mean he's going to do that, right? He's still got to play Matt's roster. He's got to play Elijah's team, which is really good. He's got to play Mario and Christian. So it does not mean that. But looking at his roster now, when he already had Joe Burrow, okay? So he had Burrow. He's got... Najee has, I've, I've mentioned, and you know, I've said it all over with the experts on Twitter. I have conversations constantly with fantasy football guys. I have screamed from the beginning with Najee Harris, anyone who listens, and there, some of them are listening now. You know, now some of people are saying, hey, Najee Harris, I wouldn't take him over this. And it's like, buddy, chill out. In the, in the end of August, you were screaming, Najee's a top five, you know, pick. I was saying from day one, when Big Ben retired, that if anyone's listened to the podcast before, any of my other YouTube videos, uh, that Najee Harris will not repeat what he did last year, just in the fact that when you have a younger quarterback, which Trubisky is, or when Kenny Pickett comes in, whatever, they are not going to do checkdowns as much. Ask Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. He is learning to, right? That uh, you saw him a couple times last night's game. He did check it down, and when he does that, Barkley might gain no yards. Or Barkley might turn it for a 50-yard touchdown. He did it against Tennessee, a little dump, and he took it like 60 yards, got out of bounds. But that's what I'm saying that, that you need to do. But Daniel Jones will learn. The younger quarterbacks, they want to make the plays. They'll run it themselves. They'll throw it to, out of bounds. They'll do whatever it is. They ignore the checkdowns because they, they, they just don't think they need to. And instead of taking a sack or throwing it away, get it to the line of scrimmage and give your guy a chance. But I did not think Najee would get that big bend threw him over 90 targets. And that, that doesn't happen. That's exactly what Eli Manning did. So I saw this, and when Eli left, Barkley still was a top running back before he got hurt uh, based on his rushing ability. The, the targets went way down, got cut in half. Um, and so he was not as high. He was still a really good running back his second year, but he was not as good because the targets came down. And that's what I said what's going to happen with Najee, that, that he's not going to get. Like, look at him right here in the season. Week one, two targets. Week two, six targets. That was his best. Week three, three targets. Let's look at last season, okay, with Big Ben as we go through it. Let me scroll through this real quick. Week one, his first game, one target, right? That was the game they were constantly losing, Big Ben trying to force it. Then he had five, 14, six, two, six, four, five, five. He had multiple times where he had five. His lowest was like three, I think. So he was always going to get it. And it was the volume. Some of the weeks were like the one week he rushed 14 times for 40 yards. That sounds like Barkley last year when he, when he wasn't injured. Like they couldn't get any of their oh, offensive line was terrible. Pittsburgh's is terrible. He had 35 fantasy points. Why? Why would you get 14 carries for 40 yards? I would have said, okay, he probably finished with eight, eight points, maybe 10. Well, he had four, 14 receptions, 102 yards. 
That doesn't happen very often. That's not going to happen this year at all, most likely. And look at his carries. He played, what is it, uh, 80%. He had 15 carries for 56 yards. His career average is well under, like, under four. It's like three point something. And this season, it's like 3.5 or something. So Najee, he needs to get the volume, and he's not going to with Trubisky unless something changes. I just never saw it with Trubisky. So that's the only thing that scares me in Austin's team. He's still a starting running back, right? There's not much else in Pittsburgh. So I would rather have Najee over let's say uh, Michael Carter with the Jets or Brees Hall who's got a share. A lot of the fantasy guys are going, oh, I want Brees Hall now. Well, of course you do now because you know the Jets are going to get better. Um, I traded Najee in every league except one. And that the only dynasty I did not trade him was because you only play one running back. So I'm like, what do I care? I'm not going to trade Najee and a bunch of other pieces to try to get DeAndre Swift or something. You only play one running back, three receivers, uh, a couple flexes, and a quarterback. And I have a bunch of guys like Jerry Judy, Devonta Smith, AJ Brown. So there's, I have no, I drafted all wide receivers knowing that when a lot of guys were drafting three and four running backs, and I'm like, you don't need it. You know, the big playmakers are the receivers. Uh, and if you only have to run one running back, just grab a starter. And that's what Najee is. So uh, I saw the writing on the wall. I still like him. I still think with Austin's team with Joe Burrow, Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, right, who struggled this last week, but that's expected. He's playing at Tampa. If you thought Aaron Jones was going to go out, unless it was in the receiving game, and go out and have a 25-point game, that's that's a freak thing. That is not normal. That shouldn't happen. So uh, that's that's totally expected. The biggest shock for me, right, is Austin 1 did not take out Leonard, right? I get it. Sometimes we forget Leonard was supposed to play last second. He didn't. But the Chargers, the Chargers gave minus points. What did the Chargers do the first two weeks? They did 33 against the Raiders and 12 against Kansas City. And then minus. They had more against Kansas City than Jacksonville. So I don't know. I don't know what to expect with the Chargers. But excuse me real quick as I go on. But now he's got Kyler Murray. Keenan Allen will be back. He's still got uh, Robbie Anderson. Christian Watson might eventually become something. So looking at it when he gets 100% healthy. Now you go Joe Burrow, Jonathan Taylor. Najee Harris, still like him. I still think he's going to be RB15 to RB12. He could be a late RB1 or early. I still like him. Keenan Allen, either Al, I would say Allen Lazard, Johan Dotson. Uh, I like Dotson, but he's not going to have two, one to two touchdowns every week, and he didn't this week. That was a shocker right there that they didn't put up more against Philly. Zach Ertz, Aaron Jones, and Kyler Murray. So I think that is a possible playoff roster especially compared to the other eight teams outside of his division. So great move for Austin. And if, if the only time I would say, hey, this is a, not the smartest move because Austin has to compete with three other guys in his division, right, and then try to, to overtake Matt's roster and Christian's roster uh, to get into the playoffs would be if he couldn't keep Kyler. But he gets to keep Kyler. So, you know, win-win. And he got to keep his first-round pick. We'll see if that stays, right? If Austin does win five of the next five games, if he ends up making another saying, hey, take my first because I already get to keep Kyler. That's a first-round value, whatever strategy he might do. So let me get back to this. I had to get that out with the trade because I wanted to give both perspectives, give my perspective as the commissioner, and I understand both sides. And I think it's, I think it was a good trade for, for the league. I think it was a good league trade. I just thought that um, 
when you've got a powerful offense like Eric Will and not to panic early on, you know, give it another week or so. I guarantee you Austin would still make that trade in one to two weeks. But Eric might have been going, hey, you know what? By the time he is good, this could be another perspective. Remember, this is all speculation. He might be going, hey, by the time DeAndre Hopkins and Rondell Moore's back, the guys like Austin, Danny, other guys who maybe uh, who might trade that up who are desperate for a quarterback because we know I, I wouldn't have made the trade. I when, uh, when Eric put it up, I thought, ooh, interesting. And I actually did contemplate it. Like, should I try to make an offer? You know, send him uh, Geno Smith or Dak Prescott, you know, for when Dak comes back in, in two weeks and, and a, a third round pick or, or maybe whatever, Marcus Mariota and a second round pick. I got two of them. I could have sent two second round picks and got them. Um, but I was like, I don't think my team's even, – even if I got Kyler, I don't think my team's good enough to win. Uh, and I don't – I'm going to stand pat. I'll eventually ship my guys out, right? I've mentioned that. Uh, but until then, I'll do my best to try to get as many wins, even be spoiler. And uh, But I was like, I, I never made an offer to Eric just because I'm like, I don't think I'm going to do it, and I'd rather have more draft picks and see what ha- falls my way next year um, with quarterbacks because there'll be plenty. Of, I got Dak. I can keep Dak. I'm okay with that. He'll be 30. You know, maybe the Cowboys will get more weapons. Uh, they'll get a better draft pick. I don't know what will happen, but I'm okay with, with keeping Dak in the picks. Everyone's different. So maybe Eric's like, hey, I need to hit up someone like Austin, someone like maybe Mario. Hey, someone like, you know, Brian's got plenty of good quarterbacks. Someone who maybe even Steve, he could have hit that up. And he said, let's take Austin. I'm okay with Matt Ryan being a decent quarterback, second round pick. And so I've talked way too long on that. So let's, but I mean, there's not much else to talk about. We already know who won all the games. So I guess that is because it's already 1138. It's not as late as last night, but I do have to go back to work. My normal shift tomorrow, so I cannot stay up super late. So going through it, Matt, 3-0, everyone else 1-2 and in that division. I still like of the three remaining 1-2 and teams that could fight for it. Uh, Elijah's team, I think, is really good. Anytime you have Josh Allen, DeAndre Swift got hurt. Miles Sanders uh, didn't get, get to do much. But everyone else, Hawkinson, Sutton, A.J. Brown, Tom Brady. Brady was terrible. I think they'll improve. He's got Tannehill. Devin Singletary, great game. As I look, excuse me, as I look through Elijah's team, Bengals outstanding. I could see Elijah's team making a push. I like his team. Getting Kyler Murray helps Austin, right? I think Austin has better running backs. But I like A.J. Brown, Cortland Sutton. I like T.J. Hawkinson. I like having Elijah Moore once Zach Wilson comes back. His favorite target was Elijah Moore. I like these guys. So I can see Elijah's team making a playoff push. Let's go to Bryant's. Russ Wilson. I Don't get me started on that. Dalvin Cook, I think he'll be back and fine. Damian Pierce looks good. Deontay Johnson, DK Metcalf, finally had a good game. Uh, for all interested, that was the offer. I, I sent a couple of running backs trying to get DK Metcalf from Brian uh, because he'd been playing bad. And I thought, hey, why not? Maybe he'll have a good game this week. I don't know what the whole season holds for him, but Brian turned me down. I forgot to pull him anyways, but Michael Pittman's there. So you look at it. The only thing that I'm concerned with Brian is Justin Fields is trash, but he's got Trevor Lawrence. And he's got Deshaun Watson coming back. And he's got Josh Jacobs. And he'll have DeAndre Hopkins back. So Devontae Smith finally had a monster game. Brian's team has so much depth. He is going to have weeks like this where you go, hey, I'm going to play Deontay Johnson. I'm going to play Michael Pittman. And I'm going to play DK Metcalf. None of them were bad. 16, 17, 15, none of them were bad. But none of them were Devontae Smith 
with 38 points, right? He, I, he did nothing week one, so it's going to be tough. Terry McLaurin, 22 points. What week do you start him? McLaurin has to deal with Johan Dotson, and he's got to deal with Curtis Samuel. He's, he's got, in real NFL, that was great for him. That opened it up where he did not take so much coverage. The Washington trio actually looked really good now. But what week do you play McLaurin? So Brian's in a situation where he's got great depth. If Brian loses one to two games coming up, do you see him ship off a few guys? Not to throw the red flag, but to say, dude, I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven wide receivers that he could start. And let's see, when is Smith as a free agent? Free agent in two years, right? So that's a piece you can trade for. Judy, you lose Judy after this year. McLaurin will be gone after this year. So a couple guys you won't be able to keep. Josh Jacobs after this year. So some of these guys he will not be able to keep, right? And so maybe he trades them for another piece now, another running back, right? And uh, Or he can end up saying, I'm just going to keep them all for depth if I have injuries. Because I really think Brian's roster is not as good as Jacobs, is not as good as Eric's, is not as good as possibly Nick's. I think he has better depth than all of them than maybe Jacob. Eric, right on the border. I think Brian's depth is second only to probably Jacob, but he's got bigger name weapons. At receiver, and I think to win championships, you need the big receivers, and Brian has that. So at Brian at one and two, he's got everything in front of him. The only thing stopping him is probably Matt. I am not worried about him overtaking Steve. I think Elijah, week in and week out with his when this team is healthy, could beat anybody in the league. So it really comes down to Matt's roster, Elijah and Brian in that division, in my opinion, right? How are they going to do in the outside division games? Are they going to come out and dominate NFL 2K23? Are they going to beat Mario, Dino, and myself? Put the, you know, the woodshed. Is that division technical going to dominate NFL 2K other than Christian, right? So many great questions that I can't wait to see answered. As we get to this week, you will see, as we mentioned, Matt and Dino's team, you got Elijah against Eric. This is a big matchup because of the mere fact that Elijah picked up his first win, 520 points. Eric's got 498. They're only separated by 22 points. Eric's receiver's got to get – I cannot see Justin Jefferson two weeks, three weeks in a row having mediocre games. Tyree Kill, the big game on Thursday night against Cincinnati. That'll be a huge sign to see who is going to prevail in that game as Eric goes out there, drops him. Is Elijah going to play the Bengals defense? I doubt it very much. You know, I doubt it very much. And we got to see what Elijah gets for running backs. But that is a game I'm excited to see. Christian against Steve. I got to think Christian's going to dominate that game unless his team comes back to earth. Steve's only projected at 121. Brian against Nick, right? The defending champ got his first win. Let's see how he goes against Brian now as Brian is barely, barely favored. How is he going to juggle his lineup? He's going to juggle it where, hey, one week he looks like a genius. The next week it's going to be like it is now where, hey, dude, you left two guys combined for 60 points on your bench, and it's going to drive him nuts. So Mario is Mario for real. He's 2-1 and one, taking on 3-0 and oh, Jacob. That might be the game of the week, right? As they, they do the score projection, it's 174 to 127. But I want to see the, the depth. Mario's got Amari Cooper. Will Chris Godwin be back? Hunter Renfro will be back. He's got uh, Roquan Smith, who had a monster game sitting on his bench. Mac Jones is going to be out. Who's he going to get his quarterback? Is he going to throw in one of his wide receivers? So there's so many things to see there. I cannot wait. I am getting faded. I am very tired, so I'm going to go because before I know it, I'm going to start slurring my words. 
I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I do my best. I should have started it sooner, but I had a few things I was doing with Noah uh, before the evening was done. Have a safe day. Watch out. Like we just saw the car accident with Miles Garrett. Anytime something can happen. Um, let's, let's be cool with each other. Let's love one another and uh, always keep each other up in prayer in the group and be safe. Have a great day. Enjoy the next food. We'll look for the waiver wire. I might not do a show to, tomorrow or tonight as you're listening. I might not do it tonight. I am working on uh, league video that I'm trying to get ready by Thursday morning. So I'm working on league video. And uh, I also have content I'm making for my own personal YouTube channel up to 191 subscribers. I'm trying to reach 1,000. If anyone can push it, be my guest and help me. Um, it's all sorts of things. It's a whole thing of anything my family loves we have on there. So, uh, yeah, DSCN family, check it out. Subscribe if you have not yet. And I will be talking to you guys again later. I'll probably have the show Wednesday where we can discuss the waiver wire, everything. This is a big waiver wire from injuries to players making big names. It, it is a – I can't wait to see who gets what. I already put in for a couple guys. Um, We'll see if I get them. Maybe, maybe not. I never can project what Nick, Steve, Elijah, Dino, I can never project what you guys are going to do. Because sometimes I'll be like, oh, this guy will be long gone. And then he sneaks through. And I won't, in the past, I'll be like, well, I don't want to waste my waiver on anything. I'm not going to get this guy. And I, in the past, I have not tried. And then I end up getting him. And I'm like, what the heck? So I have no clue. So it'll be exciting. I will talk all about that. And I will continue to work on other things. You guys have a great day. Be safe. The guys who are 3-0, enjoy it. The guys that are 2-1, enjoy it. If you're 1-2 and, and you got to win this week, enjoy it. Talk to you guys later. Peace.